brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Every day, we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What's going on? You are listening to ThisWeekInGeek.net. I'm your host, Mike the Burman, but I'm not alone as we are recovering from the winter apocalypse here in southern Ontario. I'm joined from the lovely city of Kitchener. Alex, the producer, who has been sleepy because, my God, it's, it's this weird, wet, but also freezing cold weather. You know what? It wasn't bad for a couple of days. Now, as we talked about on last week's show, we had a major snow event uh, last Friday on the 3rd. And you'd think the municipality or the city where, where you live would have things kind of cleaned up. So imagine my surprise last Thursday when I went out for a drive in my wheelchair. I went down to the park. I played some Pokemon and I went down the Walmart, which is something that I do all the time. You guys see my pictures and my TikToks, whatever. And I went down and I went on and I went down the right side of the street fine no problem cool i even did some little bit of exploring so i'm coming home and i go down the left side of the street because that's the side that the park happens to be i'm thinking all right cool well if one side of the road's plowed the other one is just as heavily trafficked tons of people go on it if not more because it goes to a park (laughs) yeah exactly if not more it you know fine whatever imagine my frigging horror when my wheelchair got stuck 
in the ice. Um, and I almost got stuck in the mud. Luckily I was able to get enough traction to get myself backed up. Um, and I got stuck. I had to call the city where I live here in Guelph. And I actually have a friend who's on city council, my friend, Aaron, because I know, uh, they live pretty close to me. I'm like, yo, um, I'm in some trouble right now. Uh, help. Uh, so they came down with a shovel and were able to bail me out. Now I, I did call the city and it took them about a half hour to show up to come bail me out. Whereas Aaron was there in like 10 minutes. And if you want to know more about this, I posted on uh, the newspaper that I work on. I've shared it on social a bunch of times. Um, so that was horrifying. Um, and, and, and it, you, you know, that traditionally, and even in, in my city here, we have the same issues and even, you know, larger cities, you know, if you have a city of over a hundred thousand people or more, this shouldn't be an issue, but it still is. Yeah. It's weird. And you know that the traditional thought on it or, you know, if not unspoken word has always been, well, then if you're disabled, you should just stay home till it's Yeah. Yeah. And And it's like, and it's like till it's naturally cleared. And it's like, so you're saying that if you're disabled, you don't get to go outside. Pretty much. And there was a woman that I encountered on my ride. She was at the bottom of the hill and she was in a walker and she was very frail. And there was one point where I couldn't get past her, but she was waiting for the bus. So I'm like, ma'am, if you don't want to move, I don't mind waiting with you. I, I don't mind. I don't want you to move. I get it. But she's like, no, 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 it's fine. So I'm like, okay, are you sure? But can you imagine what would have happened had she come up to that patch of ice and snow that that got me stuck? And it, I actually had someone it would have been absolute, absolutely harrowing for her. Oh yeah, and then I had somebody ask me, um, "So we cleared most of the ice and snow. Can you just drive over the rest of this ice?" I'm like, "No, because if I veer into the mud, guess who's calling the fire department? I'll give you a hint: it's not me." And then guess who gets to have an article featured directly about them in the yeah. newspaper? <laughs> like, it was just like one of those things. It was just such a mess. And it's then not, they, they got to get out of the mentality of thinking good enough for an able-bodied person is not okay for somebody who can't maneuver. Yeah. Like, and I found like, out via, like, the if, ca- like if you can, sorry, but if you can maneuver around it, like if think about this, if it adds 20% or even 50% more of a stress level for somebody who's able-bodied, that's multiplied exponentially for somebody who isn't. Yeah. Like it's just one of those things like just, ugh. and then although my week wasn't all bad, in fact, I did something really, really, really awesome. And then I'll throw it over to you, Alex. So yeah. I was working on a story for the newspaper this week and it's about this program called pick up the tab. And it's where, you know, people gather pop tabs for wheelchairs and it takes about two and a half million pop tabs to get one wheelchair. So the Legion, the Allura branch, I think it was two, two, nine teamed up with Sleeman breweries do this to do this thing here with the Guelph storm called pick up the tab. There was a guy in his eighties who gathered over 124 pounds of tabs, took him three years to do it. His name was JJ. And then a school got over 120 and then a local business got over 200 pounds of tabs. Oh, 200 pounds of tabs, yeah. not 200. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I think JJ's total, I think his was over 200,000 when it was counted out. I remember my school back in the day we used to do, um, it was pop tabs and then yeah. um, uh, milk bag tabs for anybody who doesn't know what that is in the States. 
uh, you've already heard probably that in Ontario and some other provinces, we get bags of milk, which is three 1.25 liter bags of milk or so in inside of a larger bag. And sealing that up is a bread tab, basically. Yeah. Same same thing almost that, that you get with, with a, a loaf of bread, just a slightly different color, usually white. Uh, and our school used to collect them. And I think they collect, took them like three or four years and they collected like 100 pounds of them. Uh, because you get a lot less than obviously with pop tabs. And I always wondered what they do with them. I guess it's recycling or, or, or do they yeah. match? Or, or, or uh, does like the the does like the milk company or the bread company or the pop companies go, hey, you collected this many. We're going to match a certain amount of dollarage or something. I know with the pop tabs, they took them to some metal foundry and they did something with them. I didn't quite catch the entire process when I was there. It, it can't be more than like 50 bucks worth of metal. Yeah. But like, but I think a lot of times those companies like Coca-Cola or somebody, they'll, the way it, it's pennies to them when they give like, you know, so much money, but they know it takes a long time for somebody to collect that many. So they're not having to pay out that often, but it's a great publicity stunt for them, right? When they do pay out. So yeah, it, like, it keeps a lot of these things from hitting the garbage bins anyway. Yeah. So it was really awesome just to, to see this process happen. And then I got to meet the founder of Canada's third largest brewer. I met John Sleeman uh, there. And I is, talked is Sleeman's really the third largest now? Yep. Yep. Uh, it is Japanese owned, but it was founded in Guelph in 1988. And I got to hang out with John Sleeman for like half an hour or more, just talking with him. His daughter, or not a daughter, I think his niece had cerebral palsy. And he's been collecting tabs for like 30 years. And it was just, oh, yeah. It was just such a cool story just to hear that and just to talk with people from Sleeman and from the storm and just from all the community partners. And then the well, guy. That's who, the big difference between like Labatt and Molson where, you know, they're, they're owned by foreign entities now too, but they're like giant conglomerates. They don't really have a face of the company anymore. Yeah. Like it's nice just to see community being put first. And one of the questions I asked John that I didn't put in my article because I ran out of words. I was like, what are some of the things that you see personally? And he told me a story how people will come up to him in public and they'll say, Hey, it's because of you, in your company, my daughter, son, whoever got a wheelchair or I'm a veteran and I got this. And he's like, it's different than seeing money just get thrown at some faceless entity. That's we're going to do research for X, Y, Z, whatever. But when you see someone get a wheelchair, you see a real tangible result in front of you. Oh yeah. And I think our, our charity thing we used to do when I was in Cub Scouts, mm -hmm. uh, we would do the same thing, you know, bread tabs, all that sort of stuff. And after we collected it so much for the year, all of the scout troops within the region would collect them and whatever charity it went to. A lot of times it went to the CNIB for seeing eye dogs because it's like mm -hmm. 60 grand even back oh, then. Oh, it's very so expensive. Yeah. It was like 30 or 40 grand back in the 90s to train a dog. It's like 60 now. And what they would do is they would bring in one of the, like, one of the newest trainees that had just finished training to introduce, be like, this dog was trained because of what, you know, you guys and girls did. And it's uh, going to so-and-so and they'd actually, you know, get permission to name the person and they've been trained on the bus and all that. It's like, oh, wow. So the kids would get to see, hey, all of your Apple Day sales and all that sort of stuff, you know, all the donations. Some of it went obviously to Scouts Canada, you know, for fundraising for the programs for, you know, because I was one of those kids too, where we couldn't always afford our dues. Scouts Canada has a charity to get kids into the program where, you know, they'll they'll fund half of your 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 dues or whatever, right? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the rest of it would go to ch- uh, a local charity, usually CNIB or something through like the Shriners or Lions Club or whatever. And it is, it's so much better when you get to see where the money's actually going. Yeah. Like, like it was, it was very cool just to see this process happen just to know that I get to tell this story. So look for that article at some point in the next couple of days, hopefully. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, other than that, that's been my week and oh yeah. Side side note. I'm sidelined for the next week because of complications with my leg. Um, I literally can't go outside for a couple of days, although I'm yeah. going to the doctors tomorrow to well, hopefully to, avoid the hospital. I was going to say not to scare anybody. This isn't like, like a, a deathly thing right now but it's something you got to watch to make sure nothing bad happens yeah like this is it's serious but thanks to my sister-in-law who's a nurse practitioner she's like you're doing the right thing you're doing all the proper wound care but take yeah. care of this now so just that's my just life the, the, the weird complications that can arise from being an amputee basically exactly so alex but, what have but, you been doing well i haven't injured myself like that i did <laughs> I did end up tweaking my back a little bit when I went, I had to go to the doctors to pick up some tax forms and stuff. Cause you know, when you're disabled, you need to get forms signed for things and yada, yada picked up my forms. And I was like, I'm going to go to the movies. My brother's going to meet me after work. We went to see cocaine bear on my way. I, my body decided to slip on the slush and luckily I didn't fall because that would have been a, uh, uh, a help somebody come help because of where I would have landed would have been near a pond. <laughs> uh, but I did slide, tweak my back and my ankle a little bit on my not so great leg. And I went, well, this is going to be great. So, <laughs> so I, I was like, and I was like halfway between the movie theater and, and the doctor's office, which is in, in the same plaza, but it's one of those gigantic plazas where it takes like 15 minutes to walk across. So I get to the movies and I tell my brother, I'm like, hey, we're going to watch a movie and then I'm going to go to home and I'm going to go to bed. And then you're not going to see me for like a day probably or hear from me because I'm probably going to put my foot up and, and ice my back. And uh, yeah, I narrowly avoided like a bad sprain or anything. So it took a few days to recover. Luckily, I had Tylenols, but uh, that was my injury for the week uh, because, you know, screw the bad weather. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, but cocaine bear was fun. I had, I enjoyed it. I mean, you did, you said you saw it. You didn't care for it as much. I yeah. think I had a good, I, had I, a good I, crowd. I, I, I was hoping for more honestly. Now, obviously I think it could be the mood set of when you go into it. I went into it in a happy go lucky mood minus the back pain. Um, and I had a really good crowd that was like into it, not laughing at the right moments. And then, you know, going along with it. I think if you go there and you have like a dead crowd, it might not have been as enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said you, you had a pretty dead crowd, didn't you? Yeah, we had maybe like thirty people in there max. I think I, I saw it on like a Tuesday night late. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's just one of those things. So I, I, I think at the very least, like we we both saw it on a cheap Tuesday, and I had free tickets or I had membership tickets I could use up. Uh, and my brother had a twenty five dollar gift card from. 2018 that he never used because he hasn't been he hasn't been to that theater since the pandemic started and he forgot he even had the gift card so we used the gift card plus my membership thing they got to reduce things i got free snacks out of it uh we got a popcorn and and i got a drink and they have the coke freestyle machine i'll tell you one thing uh hurting your back and hurting your foot uh you can almost completely forget about it when you find out you can get uh uh was it uh pib zero and all the other Coke freestyle drinks that you can't get in Canada, usually uh, all the sugar free stuff. So I was like, oh, f- free refills, too. Don't mind if I do. 
so I had a good time that way. It is, I would say it's worth streaming when it comes out. If you're not going to see it now, it's obviously going to be out of theaters within a week or so. I would think it, it might be an okay double feature for a crappy day when you're watching it, when it hits Netflix or something. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel for it. Like it's worth the stream for sure. Um, but it's just like, I, I wouldn't yeah. go out of your way to see it. No, if it hits like your, your, uh, your discount theater and you can see it for like five bucks and you have good friends to go with great. Otherwise meh. my brother yeah. enjoyed it and I'm, I'm happy for him. That was the first movie he's seen in theaters since 2019 oh wow because as soon as 2020 hit he didn't go or you know when the pandemic hit yeah so like i think it was almost a better experience because it was us brothers getting to go see something again for the first time in three years Mm -hmm. uh so that that probably added to my experience overall i'm just i was just so happy that he was willing to come and he's like he goes actually it's a lot cleaner here there's not a lot of people i'm like yeah dude he was still paranoid of having like a lot of people there right and i'm like no dude just go on an early showing on a Tuesday to a movie nobody wants to see, and, <laughs> and you're good. So I think this is going to start up our our brother movie dates again that we used to do, you know, every month or every other month. So that'll uh, be good for you. Yeah, we're planning on probably seeing that one that looks like John Wick, but World War II. Mm-hmm. You, you see, I forget the name of it. It's that um, is it a Swedish movie or something where it's like a guy finds gold or something, and the Nazis come after him and he has to beat them up. I, I know the they, one you're like talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Where like, he, like he like throws a grenade at them and they blows up in their face and stuff. Like it looks ridiculous. We're probably going to go see that. Um, and, oh, we're going to go see the machine, which is uh, the machine looks amazing. See, if you don't know what it's based on, like it, uh, you need I, to hear the comedy bit first. Well, Andreas and I watched the podcast that he's on every week. Like, and we talk about it. So, like, we know the whole story, and we know how ridiculous it is and how much of this is going to be made up. Like, we know the real story, and then we know how much it's going to be bullshit, and, and it's going to have lots of cameos by stand-up comedians that we've seen. And, I mean, to play his dad, who better than Mark Hamill, right? So we're going to go see that. Um, but other than that, it's been sort of a, a dry movie month, if you notice. Like, not a lot of really good stuff. Some stuff's coming up. I do plan on seeing... Uh, maybe i might see shazam i'm just not sure it looks that good i want to um, see shazam and D. i just need to get over this whole healing thing yeah and I, I almost feel like that might be a double tuesday discount day kind of thing that's not a bad lineup actually if, if you went to the early show yeah, yeah that's like, not bad like, like see like the noon or one o'clock show on a tuesday or even like the 10 in the morning just get done and over with and then see like a one or, or four in the afternoon get them done, get home, and you don't have to worry about it. Then if they're not great, they're not great. Uh, but I do want to see John Wick. I'm going to take my mom to see that, I think. Yeah. Because I took uh, I took her to see John Wick 2 and 3. And she was like, she's not somebody who likes gory movies. She loves the John Wick movies because they're just so smooth, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll take her to see that. It's like a belated birthday present at some point. And then we're already entering into like blockbusters because we know that April is when they start blockbuster movies now instead of May. Yeah. So... We'll see what's coming. That's that's pretty much been my week overall. Other than like I caught up on all my gaming stuff. I completed uh, uh, pretty much everything that was in my backlog. I got a couple review stuff on things I'm working on that I think are embargoed still, so I can't necessarily talk about them. Uh, but I've been catching up on some movie stuff. Uh, we just watched, uh, I guess, the finale of Last of Us. We'll probably talk about that at some point, right? We're going to oh, yep. do a prototype. Um, yep. 
and then um we're still watching star trek speaking of i think you might have got it as well as well but um strange new worlds blu-ray just came out or not not for everybody but for press at least i haven't gotten my copy it'll probably be here like tomorrow i i got a steelbook copy from canada and i think you're getting yours too because we were told we're both getting them yeah so. and i and like an hour before our recording right now, I received a copy from the American division. Oh. So uh, of the regular edition, I'm going to see what's different because it looks like there may be some differences in, in features. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to assume it's it's probably going to be just like English and French and maybe something different, but I'll double check uh, and we'll see from there because I don't remember requesting it, but sometimes the American division sends me stuff because I've reviewed a couple other things for them. Mm-hmm. So we will see. Now, what's interesting here. This is the first set that's going to be getting a 4K edition. The 4K edition is coming out a month later. So we'll probably be doing a second review, um, which I don't mind because I'm interested to see what Star Trek TV looks like in 4K. Yeah. So we uh, definitely be talking about that. Uh, that'll probably be something you do because well, you've got the better TV. So Yeah. Well, especially since it's, well, you have the same TV, um, especially since it's, it's a, uh, a good show <laughs> that always helps but that's basically been my week it's just been plans and things and then hold up in bed and you know the same basically yeah more or less so anyway guys we got a lot of stuff to uh talk about today alex is going to be editing the show today so we're not quite sure what reviews are going to be in there i know i've got something from our friends over at hasbro it could be a transformer it could be something for the upcoming D movie i don't know we'll see what he picks today and then alex will throw in whatever mystery grab bag of reviews that he's allowed to yes, talk about this because week. i have to double check what i'm allowed to talk about <laughs> and one of our stories we're going to be talking about today where we are going to be talking about the last of us because this story just got updated in the last couple of minutes so don't worry about it guys it's really good news so we will be talking about all that and more so alex take it away with whatever review is going to go right here right now our friends over at cbs paramount pictures sent a review copy of star trek strange new world season one on blu-ray now this is available both in steelbook and standard editions the main difference obviously being one is steelbook and the other is not like there's other features it's just if you like to have the steelbook collector's case that is available to you Um, as far as features are considered there's little featurettes on the production of the season as well as a gag reel which i found pretty funny uh as there's also deleted scenes which are always interesting to see why they were cut there wasn't anything in particular that i felt needed to be included now this is a show that is both streaming and then in Canada, it's on uh, Space Art. Well, it's not Space, CTV Sci-Fi, now that they've changed their name. Uh, there's also audio commentary on some of the episodes. So that's worth checking out. This is, uh, we've talked briefly about it on our Future Imperfect podcast, that it, it is, for the most part, the best, in our opinion, new uh, Star Trek since 2004, uh, since basically Enterprise ended. Uh, you know, that's, this is, and I think it's becoming more universally thought of as that. So it was good to sit back and rewatch. I know that in the future, there is a 4k copy coming of this and I'd be very interested to see that. So we'll see if we end up uh, getting a review copy of that because that will be, you know, 4k first time that a TV show for Star Trek's been available in 4k with HDR tone mapping. Uh, but as it stands, the video quality here is pristine. Uh, it's obviously better than watching it on TV and on streaming because you're getting about three times to four times the data rate 
so way less compression, less banding. Uh, the color really pops. Uh, the sound design is 5.1 master audio. It sounds fantastic. It's not overpowering in the bass. You can hear the voices clearly. Um, it's rated PG in Canada uh, and not rated in the States. Pretty much what I would expect. There's some thematic elements that can be a little more intense. We have done episode by episode reviews of this. So you probably, if you've gone back and listened, and if you haven't, the summary is uh, we liked most of them. There's some sciencey issues here where even the Technobabble isn't as up to snuff as we would have liked. But overall, the tone and feel is pretty darn good. They found the, a good mix between the new Trek style of, of the J.J. Abrams stuff, as well as, you know, homaging the classics and having episodes focus on individual characters so we start caring about the crew instead of just one singular person, uh, as we've had our biggest complaints with Discovery and in the first two seasons of Picard. Um, this is, in my mind, the best Trek has been in years. Uh, it's worth picking up if you're somebody who doesn't, you know, watch it regularly either on cable in Canada or you know through streaming means in the rest of the world. Uh, and you're you're a Trek fan, you've been maybe on the fence because you weren't a big fan of some of the movies or the more recent Trek shows. This is the one to get you back into it, by far. Uh, it is the best Trek in years. Uh, I would have liked maybe a few more featurettes on there, but I think it's pretty solid for a first season release. And uh, I, again, I'd like to see how it looks in 4K, but as it stands as a 1080p Blu-ray release, this is one of the best looking treks out there and one of the best trek shows as far as content is concerned, acting, writing, all around fantastic show. Please check it out. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Prime Minister of Sweden visited Washington today, and my tiny little nipples went to France. Gossip. Rumors. Panic in the streets. We're lucky. This Week in Geek News. Welcome back to ThisWeekInGeek.net. I'm Mike the Birdman. He's Alex the Producer. And, well, we're going to start things off with breaking news. Although, not really. By the time you hear this, it'll be, like, Tuesday. But anyway, so this story comes courtesy of Variety.com. The Last of Us Season 1 finale scores 8.2 million viewers, reaching series high despite Oscars competition. The Last of Us closed its first season with yet another triumph. With an audience of 8.2 million people for Episode 9, the series broke its own viewership record record a significant feat considering the finale was released during ABC's telecast of the Oscar. Uh, a 
combination of Nielsen data, first party data from Warner Brothers Discovery. This number accounts for those who tuned into the Sunday night airing of, a, of the HBO cable channel, as well as streams on HBO Max throughout the night. Uh, Warner Brothers Discovery also shared that the first six episodes of the series are now averaging 30.4 million viewers with episode one approaching 40 in Europe and Latin America. The Last of Us became the most watched show in HBO Max's history. This isn't the first time that The Last of Us has outdone itself while, comp while competing with a major award show. Episode four titled Please Hold On to My Hand brought in 7.4 million viewers when it aired at the same time as the Grammys, which then was a series high. When The Last of Us debuted in January, it, uh, it, it trailed House of the Dragon to become the second most watched HBO premiere in over a decade with 4.7. Episode two marked HBO's biggest ever increase between a series first and seven episode second episode rather with 5.7 million viewers the series brought in 6.4 million viewers with episode three um Warner Brothers said uh, new, release new data about the audiences of episodes five to seven uh, but the last ones which were which was previously unavailable episode five was viewed by 11.6 million people which though impressive variety is not considering it a series high due to its untraditional release because of the episodes originally scheduled sunday night airing was set to coincide with the super bowl hbo opted to release the episode on hbo max two days early therefore this that's that's the one the one show that they're they're willing to pre-up the show for yeah, exactly you're, you're not getting the super bowl they're they're like fuck the oscars nobody gives a shit about that and we can obviously tell by this these numbers nobody gives a shit about that anymore yep but therefore uh <laughs> trying to think of what else is worth kind of mentioning here. Uh, the most comparable series in terms of viewership uh, has been season one of House of the Dragon, which aired in 2022. Although the last, although the Last of Us has yet to manage to outperform House of the Dragon, the former has managed has managed a steeper trajectory than the latter, beginning with 4.7 million viewers and ending with 8.1 viewership. Of the Last of Us soared 75 percent through season one. By contrast, House of the Dragon was viewed by 9.9 .9 million with. Uh, Episode one, 10.2 with episode two, 9.3 with its finale. Um, then House it goes into a bunch wasn't, of wasn't very good. I didn't <laughs> like, like, I got, it's, it's, I, I'm six episodes in and I don't it's not, like it. It's not a good show. The reason people watched it was because of how good the previous show was. Yeah. And I, I feel season two that they've, now that they've renewed it, it was supposed to be a miniseries. Now that they've renewed it, it's going to lose viewership and they're going to be surprised because. The acting wasn't very good. The costumes were horrendous with the wigs. Horrendous. Yeah, the, the wigs are distracting. Um, they also lowered the budget of the CG, and they did less shooting on 35 millimeter, which makes it more, look more digital. And I, I just wasn't a fan. I really didn't like it. Like, see, really, when I like watch when I watched it, when Renaris or whatever her fucking name is, when she becomes the older woman. And she marries that other guy, and they have the son and daughter, whatever. I just, I just referred to her as acne face because they tried to cover all her bad acne with really caked on makeup, and it looked terrible. Like when she becomes older, I didn't like it. When she was the precocious kind of teenager, I really like that. And even Matt Smith, he's hamming it up, and I'm pretty sure he can coast on whatever Doctor Who cred he has for the rest of his career. Too skinny. He, He's he having a good time, but, but he looked, he's he, not he looks, threatening. He, he was too skinny to be threatening. Yeah, like, I don't buy you as a credible threat. But th then again, you know, you look at some of the other Marvel villains, for example. Yeah, sure. Um, no, it, it, the problem was everybody on House of the Dragon looked like they were doing low-budget Witcher cosplay. 
Yeah. I mean, the only other person that I really liked in that show was the old king. I liked him. I liked the guy who was known as the crab person or whatever his thing was. Uh, I, I don't even remember. It's so bad that I don't remember the names. The guy who was the, the uncle, the black dude, he was. Yeah, great. yeah, yeah. Him I really liked. Um, And I liked the wife who was the Renaris's friend. I, I really liked her. Yeah. But other than that, it's just I don't care. And my wife is bugging me to finish the show. I'm like, yeah, sure, I will. But it's not Game of Thrones season one good. It's just no. It's just not. No. Whereas, what the best comparison I can give for The Last of Us is the viewership increases. It's very rare for a show to increase episode by episode, let alone season by season or anything. It's on the trajectory of the original Game of Thrones and The Sopranos. Yeah. Now they won't hit Sopranos numbers. Sopranos was hitting eighteen million on pay cable mm-hmm. by the, the end of it. Now that won't happen because people are well i could because people move to streaming on their right but piracy is higher yada 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 uh more people were watching linear tv the day of when the sopranos ended mm-hmm. and there was all that all that existed when the sopranos ended was like the first year i think of netflix existing as a streaming service maybe the second year so it might have even been the first year because what was that 2007 Something yeah, like that. I, I don't I don't even know if Netflix had launched as a pure streaming service yet. So when it happened, people are still spending 20 bucks a month on, on HBO, right? So I don't know if you're going to hit 18 million. That's like, and if somebody wants to say, oh, well, it's happened on cable before with The Walking Dead, that's basic cable. That's where everybody gets it as part of a package. Remember, HBO, back in the day, you had to pay for it completely separate, an additional 12 to $20. So... You probably won't hit that, but if you look at the numbers of Game of Thrones, uh, when the show began, it was at like three million, I think. And when the show ended, didn't they hit like twelve or fourteen, which is insane for the streaming age. Mm-hmm. So there's only going to be let's just be real. There's only going to be two, maybe three seasons. Like it, they can they only have one more season's worth of like story to go with really well i've been i i've been listening to some interviews and uh neil Druckmann and craig mazin have said that there's probably there's obviously a season two but they might split it season or the last of us part two into two seasons which kind of does make sense and um, it depends on how many episodes they do if they stick to like eight or nine you can do it if they do the traditional 10 episodes depending on how they speed through it uh i'll tell you right now if they split it and they start the show and more than half of it's with Abby, they're going to lose 90% of their audience. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how it happens. Cause I'm, I'm actually replaying through the last of us part two right now because of last night, I'm going through it again, just to refresh my kind of memory. Just, and just be careful because that game will crash like a motherfucker and erase your save file on the PS five. I'm about a quarter of the way through it in one night. Um, I got to, now this was happening with the disc version. I don't know if yeah. it's digital version would be different. I would assume it's better. The disc version would corrupt your data on the PS5 when you got to the second time you're visiting the uh, the aquarium. It I haven't gotten that. I haven't gotten that far yet. So I guess we'll find out. So um, I, I never completed the game and I probably never will unless they do a, a PS5 remaster because it's, it's worth watching on youtube if you get the chance 
that's what I did. And I thought I was near the end, but there's still like 10 hours more. Oh yeah. That. It's a long game. The, Good the game, game is long game. the game is twice as long. So I can see why they could maybe get twice as many. But the problem is people hate one of the main characters. And so they, it's kind of, have... if the show opens and I have a feeling they're going to do it, I think the show is going to open and they're going to fake you out thinking it's a, that the show starts with, uh, with the main characters, and they're going to fake out and then reveal that it's Abby, and it's going to be like 90% of the audience is going to disappear. And not because they're, they're going to have new people that are like, oh, what's this going on? But the people that are watching that like the games, I think might not even tune into season two. I don't know. I do think The Last of Us has now set a bar into what, yeah. in what a video game adaptation can be. People thought The Witcher was the big one. Now I think The Last of Us has proved to be the better one. Mind you, my experience with The Witcher is extremely limited. But well, you and, have and now now we all have to be worried about what Amazon's gonna do with God of War. And Fallout. Like and we've got, and isn't, we've it, got... <laughs> isn't it FX or Stars has the uh has the, the Twisted Metal show? I think that's Peacock has that. So Is it? Oh yeah. Think, so yeah. So that's P- gonna be terrible, but but it should be fun terrible. Uh, so we've got Twisted Metal, we've got Fallout, we've got um, more Witcher coming at some point. Isn't there... I, I think uh, Mass Effect's been talked about, but nothing's happened. It's been optioned, and I think the script has been paid for by Amazon. But yeah. But they haven't greenlit the whole show. They but they did option, like, nobody else can make a show. They have write a first refusal or something on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we've also got... I seem to remember, was it Alan Wake? I know they're getting the game, but isn't that being optioned as a show as well, which would work th- quite well I, as a mystery I, show? I want to say that's on Stars, but I'm Maybe. not 100% sure. But yeah, like there's a lot of big adaptations coming. Will it be pulled off successfully? I don't know, because when when a streaming person or platform gets it, it can either be very good, like Last of Us or Stranger Things or something, or you get something a little less desirable. Um, yeah, and, and and anybody that's like, well, Mario is going to do well. Mario is in a different category altogether. It's yeah. not Mario is something that you don't have to be a video game fan to want to go see. Even as a, like a parent will be like, oh, we'll take the kid to see Mario, or the grandparent like they don't have to know anything about Mario, right? It's like, it's such a cultural thing that's baked into the consciousness since 1985. It just it is pop culture, well, whereas The Last of Us. It's still fairly niche. It's still gamer stuff. People know when you say, people oh, The Last of Us. Yeah, yeah. P- people have just heard of it. And Fallout is even more niche because people will say Fallout like, oh, the video game. But they don't know fuck all about it other than well, pop tabs and old music. And you and you might know what the power armor looks like. Well, maybe. Well, here's what the problem is. Uh, the Last of Us, people might actually get confused with uh, with The Walking Dead. Like just the way it sounds and the and the the premise of it, and mm-hmm. the same thing with Fallout. People might get that confused with Bioshock. Because I think similar ideas. So here here is a list actually of every show that's been greenlit that's in production right now. Okay, and there's a lot more than you'd expect. A Plague Tale, which I'm going to assume I don't know how. Well, I guess you could. It's fairly easy to do. You just film it in Eastern Europe, right? Uh, Alan Wake, Assassin's Creed. I forget who's got that, but that's that is something we worked on. Brothers in Arms which hopefully okay. will lead to a reboot of the franchise because mm-hmm. how many games have been canceled child of light, which is that that could be really good animated actually. Yeah. It's apparently it's live action though. So maybe it's going to be a live action hybrid 
Okay. Um, Disco Elysium is being optioned. That's that, that sort of Fallout-y style Text-y of game. Yeah. Uh, Driver. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Weird, uh, I, but sure. I, Fallout, we know, and that's that's a big Amazon Prime production. Mm-hmm. I think however that gets received will be how well, or will be a, a general idea of how the God of War game might uh, show might end up being, right? Yeah. Um. Final Fantasy, Square is working with Sony apparently to get a, a live action Final Fantasy done. Now, if it's an adaptation of like the, like if they did it as an anthology where every season takes place in one of the different games, like Final Fantasy 1 is adapted with a fleshed out story, Final Fantasy 2, it could be done because the stories are there. Uh, God of War, uh, Horizon, that could be really good, but that's going to be expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hunt the sh- uh, Showdown, Life is Strange easy to adapt very easy to adapt because it's just like supernatural powers right like it's like the butterfly effect mass effect we know of a pokemon series apparently live action is being in the, in the works that that could um, be cool again just if depending it's, on who handles it but yeah if it's done by the warner brothers team that did uh detective pikachu sure yeah uh skull and bones we might get the show before the game comes out that would be kind of funny <laughs> uh sonic the hedgehogs is getting a spin-off live action show um okay uh stains gate uh system shock system shock could work but it's probably gonna be a weird european sci-fi show right uh twisted metal and vampire like based on the the vampire game the rpg so i mean that's a fair amount and these are all ones that have had pilot screenlit there's probably more in the works but out of these you can see it's a lot of sci-fi a lot of oh and my friend pedro is getting one I could see that being a really fun animated thing, actually. I'm, it's apparently live action. Who's making Legendary? Okay, that R- could be interesting. I kind of R- picture that like happy. R- yeah, R-rated half-hour dramedy. Yeah, okay, yeah, sure. That could be actually ridiculously stupid and fun. If they approach it like happy, sure, I'm in. Why not? Yeah, so... Talking banana. Uh, yeah, some of these might be in, in you know turmoil like i think the assassin's creed one has had trouble because you know ubisoft yeah uh but we know that like sony is pretty much going all in now that we know that they've they've got the biggest video game tv show success of all time mm-hmm. so and that's not to mention paramount plus's halo which was divisive <laughs> amongst fans it's not I, a very good not a very well made show yeah like production, like production wise i i there are even, aspects of it that are good but everything else just it falls yeah. apart in the writer's room even if i'm willing to ignore you know the story be like okay if, if i'm a if i'm a new viewer that's never seen halo before 
It's not mm-hmm. a very well-made show. So considering the budget it had, it's kind of crazy. It must have been squandered somewhere. But- yeah, it's just, I guess we'll just kind of have to wait and see what happens with these shows. I mean, obviously, I'm very happy for The Last of Us being as successful with Bella Ramsey doing an astoundingly oh. good job. I really... Pedro Pascal. Because it's on HBO, I can't wait till there's a 4K HDR release like here. Because in Canada, it's only aired in 1080p standard. Uh, in standard, uh, what's it called? Uh, Definition. SDR. Yeah. Uh, so like not not using HDR. So in the states, Americans are are privy to watching it in 4K HDR streaming, and we are not. <laughs> so for us to watch it, and I mean, I will be very happy to see it at like max resolution. Get all the detail. The only thing I'll say. You know, I didn't care for the blue screen, green screen effects that they had with the, like, they had a real giraffe in the final episode. Mm-hmm. Spoiler, they have that because, I mean, anybody that's played the game, they, they you know, they feed the giraffes. The part where they're standing there looking out at the at the greenery around them, it mm-hmm. looked real fake and real rushed. And everything else looked really good in, in the show. So that one shot, I was like, oof, that looks rough. But maybe it'll look better, you know, with HDR and everything. Ultimately, I think the future looks bright for a lot of video game adaptations. I think there's definitely a very large career in front of Bella Ramsey. Pedro Pascal is everybody's in love with him, and, and rightly so. And a fu- of one little funny anecdote, the show yep. ended, and I flipped over to be like, oh, let's see what's on the Oscars, and he was presenting an award right then. There's a picture going around Facebook and Twitter right now where it's him in the Oscar crowd, and he just p- points at the camera going, hi um because his like his show ended and it was timed perfectly his show ended and he was immediately on tv presenting an award at the oscar so anybody that finished like it's, it's probably not planned that way but anybody that finished watching the oscar or watching the show and was like oh let's we'll see what's on the oscars and it's him <laughs> you just can't escape the pascal verse well, all right so mention, he's he's got what like he's got two shows on tv at the same time yeah because the Mandalorian's on, I forgot. Like that's that was on the the same weeks, the last few weeks, right? So yeah, dude's on fire. He really is. All right. So coming up to our next story this week, this one comes courtesy of superherohype.com, but been re- reported by multiple outlets. John Bernthal's The Punisher will return in Daredevil Born Again. Frank Castle is coming home to the MCU via The Hollywood Reporter. John Bernthal is set to reprise his role as Frank Castle, a.k.a. The Punisher, in the upcoming series Daredevil Born Again. It will be Bernthal's first appearance as Castle since 2019. Bernthal made his debut in the role during the second season of Daredevil in 2016. He proved to be such a popular that Netflix ordered a pair of Netflix spinoff series that ran for two seasons, much like his comp, but counterpart Castle was a military veteran who lost his family in a violent attack. As for the Punisher, he took his he took his war on crime to the next level and eradicated anyone standing in his way. This news makes Bernthal the third actor from the formal Marvel Netflix series to reprise his role. Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio will have already returned as Matt Murdock and Daredevil, a.k.a. Wilson Fisk and Kingpin. Respectively, both Cox and D'Onofrio will appear in Echo later this year, which may set the stage for Born Again. However, The Hollywood Reporter notes that uh, Deborah Ann Wolf and Eldon Hansen are not expected to return as Karen Page and Foggy nelson but it's unclear if the roles are being recast or if they've been simply been written out of the series they might uh, be tied to other shows at this point right like because you never know what, what contracts they have yeah so uh the article finally finishes by saying daredevil born again will begin filming in new york later this month and it, it is expected to premiere on disney plus next year um i hope they bring back 
those two characters because Deborah yeah. Ann Wolf was wonderful as characters. Maybe as cameos, like even if they're working on other shows, they might be able to get away for a week to film something. Yeah. Uh, but the, I mean, the reason he's back, and the the singular reason, like they were unsure, was at the last minute. Um, CBS slash uh, what's it called? Showtime canceled mm-hmm. his show that he had on there. I forgot he was starring in a, a TV remake of that uh, Richard Gere movie from the 70s, American Gigolo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that show apparently got good reviews, but nobody watched it, so they canceled it. And then, But they weren't sure until the last minute if the show was going to get picked up for a season two. So show's not picked up for a season two, and bam, he's back in as the Punisher. You know he wanted to do it. It's just you know, he had to wait to see if his contract was going to get renewed with CBS or not. Yeah, I mean, like, the Marvel shows, they're starting to slow down, but the quality is getting better in certain ways. Like, yeah. Loki Season 2 should be fairly good. There is a teaser at the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp quant- Mania that Where ties in, in like, the Season 2. They're in, like, the 1920s tracking down one of the Kang variants. variants who may or may not be a good one. That's what yeah they're, sort of, they're hinting at that he may be somebody who's willing to help stop the others yeah basically from what i understand that one is by the way spoilers if you haven't seen this movie it's been out for over a month i'm sorry um it's been out for a month and, and the spoiler does not pertain to the movie yeah it's basically he's a variant called victor timely who is the one that everybody may have that may be the alpha kang where everybody came from and just that's where everything diverges and he's the guy who tries to stop everything yeah where he's not inherently evil but the evil's inside of him yeah exactly so i'm looking forward to a lot of stuff on disney this year like loki i remember i loki <laughs> remember saying i don't care and then i was very wrong I do need to go back and finish Miss Marvel because I am looking forward to the Marvels later this year because I do I, really like Kamala I Khan. Re- I really didn't like that portrayal. I, I Hot take, I liked the portrayal in the uh, Avengers, Avengers game more than I liked the portrayal on TV. Okay, but that's just that's me. Fair. And, 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 but I, what I feel bad is I feel like if I say that, I'm considered racist or something because that seems like what online the discourse is if you don't like the show you're racist it's like no i don't like the show because i don't like how it was written (laughs) i don't like not that i don't like the show because of it's it's a a different race girl muslim girl i was like no no that has nothing to do with it the show is not for me it's written for little children and it's not written very well in my opinion i liked it from what i saw i got about three episodes in it kind of felt like marvel's scott pilgrim in a lot of ways and that's kind of what it's, i kind of dug about it sort of i and again yeah if that's what you like great um to me i was so disinterested it was like i did end up watching what was the stupid one eternals yeah that i hated so i was much. bored to tears so i i watched that at 1.5 to two times speed just to see the ending and see the, the cutscenes. <laughs> did i ever tell you what happened when i saw eternals in theaters oh good lord you saw it in theaters Okay, so I saw Eternals in theaters, and it's just after the scene where Gilgamesh and Athena and Icarus, all these assholes, they're having dinner, and they're talking about who's going to be the next Captain America and who's going to lead the Avengers, and they go outside, and I can't, and I didn't mean for it to come out as loud as it did, because 
you know me, Alex. Did you just yell, get fucked? No, I was like, oh my God, can something fucking happen? And the theater just went wild. It just had a big laugh at it. There's nobody, I swear, there's nobody that watched it and liked it, but maybe the director. I think in our group of friends... Ken liked it, but Ken likes everything. Yeah, sorry, Ken. So, sorry, Ken, but you like everything, no matter how bad it is. You're like, there's some merit in this. It's like, no, there's sometimes and, not. There's a waste of celluloid. There's a waste of, of, uh, of this is something that should have been direct to streaming and should not have taken up space in theaters. This should have been a series. Yeah, like, it might like have been more fun. Eight episodes and let it breathe. And, and I feel bad because the actors involved are good actors. Yeah, They're great. They're just, it was, and I don't know what it was. And the director has done great stuff in the past. Mm-hmm. It just did not mesh well. Yeah. It was, yeah. Like there have been very few Marvel face palms. This was definitely one of them. So, yeah. I mean, I know the Marvels comes out in November. We have Loki season two. We're supposed to get what if at some point this well, year, I think. I've just looked it up right now so that we could have it. Like I forgot. Like, I was like, what the hell phase are we on? We're on phase five now. Yes. So we had Quantum Mania, which I liked, but I was like, this could have also been a TV movie. Uh, I liked it mainly because what they did with Modoc, who's one of my favorite bad guys, by I, the way, I'm thinking, that's actually kind of brilliant. I sat there and went, oh, face palm. But then I was like, okay, I get it. And, and uh, you know, other actor surprises. I was like, okay, I get it. It's fun. But, uh, there were major major plot dumb points in this oh god yeah 90 percent of the movie could have been solved with a simple hey mom tell me what's going on and mom tells you what's going on it's over instead it's i can't tell you to protect you and then everybody gets hurt i can't tell you to protect you can't tell us because you need the movie to be 90 minutes when reality is the plot there was 40 minutes of plot stretched out to two hours Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but, yeah. It was but, just, but, uh, look, but looking at this. So here's the phase. Guardians is coming out May 5th. That's the next movie. Yeah. Uh, which you won't see James Gunn promoting because he's not allowed to. <laughs> um then we got the Marvels, November 10th. So there's not going to be a single Marvel movie over the summer. Yeah, so, because they moved it to November. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And then there's not going to be, so there's not even going to be a Christmas movie. The Marvels, I don't know how well that's going to do. Uh, but then Captain America, New World Order is May 3rd. There's only going to be one every six months. Then Thunderbolts a full oh wait three months later and then blade in september 
So there's a there's going to be some gaps, but that is interesting because they haven't announced when the TV shows are releasing. So I'm going to assume after Guardians, we're going to have Marvel show after Marvel show after Marvel show building up to uh, November. Because Secret Invasion is supposed to come first, six episodes. Oh, I, I forgot about Secret and, Invasion and, and Armor Wars and Ironheart. So yeah, C- Secret Invasion is early 2023. It says, meaning it has to be sometime in the next month or two. Uh, I'm going to assume they announce it right when Mandalorian ends. Uh, well, probably they, they want to have something going every single week of the year that that brings you in, Loki is six episodes. It says mid. So I'm assuming Secret Invasion is probably going to be sometime April or May. Sometime to coincide with with Guardians. Loki's going to be like June or July. I think it'll be the July show. uh, What if comes after that, apparently? Uh, we, ha- we, we haven't even seen a trailer for it yet, and I think it's one of the shows that Marvel said they were pushing back to 2024. It might be because it's a cartoon. Yeah. Uh, Ironheart is sometime in the summer to early fall, it says. That so got I, pushed back for sure. So that, uh, yeah, uh, Echo, Agatha Covenant of Chaos is late 2023, early 2024, and Daredevil Born Again. So if I had to guess, we're going to get, if they've pushed them, depending, if they've had to push things around, I would guess Secret Invasion is June and Loki is July or August. And then we'll get Ironheart in the fall to winter somewhere around there yeah i i I don't think we're gonna see ironheart till first quarter 2024 that's my prediction right now and it's also gonna depend because we're looking at this in a bubble right we're looking Mm -hmm. at it from um like not including the fact that disney plus shows other things right yeah but look looking at what's coming from them uh so uh ahsoka is coming late 2023 yeah almost everything says late 2023 Ironheart, secret invasion so i think loki's gonna come earlier than expected because ahsoka is coming late in the year yeah i i think ahsoka will be the christmas show and that's what Ac- i'm gonna predict ahsoka and maybe it says Ironheart and echo are both late is, is what they're predicting star wars skeleton crew is 2023 it says but who knows I'm going to predict uh, that something big, I'm going to guess Ironheart will be Super Bowl next year. You think so? I really do because Disney needs something to hit right before the financial quarter ends. They want eyes on their network. They're going to build most of their marketing at the end of Christmas, leading in the Super Bowl, taking advantage of every or, NFL playoff game to sell eyes on it. Or do you that's think what that they, they're gonna do or do you think they launched daredevil then i don't think so because daredevil is a very long series it's, it's 24 e- yeah it, it, yeah it's like 18 so that's gonna take a while to film so they might they might put that to bridge the gap between some of the shows that have had trouble productions maybe it's, it's a ground-based show without a ton of special effects yeah and i know she hulk didn't get a season two we we know that for sure. Miss Marvel, as of right now, does not have a season. A season two, um, Captain America is in the movies now, so I doubt we'll see a second season of that. If anything, um, we might see something surprising pop up, like 
more of like the Halloween or Christmas special, we might get like a 40 minute episode of something. I think like, there there is talk of them doing another thing like the werewolf by night, which I still haven't seen. But yeah. There is which, talk which, of them. Werewolf by night was actually pretty good. But like, if you look at it, like, you know, like, Oh, she Hulk's not getting anything. There's nothing to say that she Hulk can't get a 50 minute special with a couple yeah. other characters that they can throw in because that only takes a couple weeks to shoot. Like, yeah, shoot, shoot it for two weeks for, you know, what the equivalent would be for us, an episode or an episode and a half. And then you're like, oh, crap, we've got nothing in July or nothing in November. And they go, OK, uh, bam, Thanksgiving. We're going to throw a Thanksgiving special out. Bam. Here yeah, you go. That, yeah, that'll I mean, bridge honestly, the gap. Yeah. I, that's a really smart idea, because if you think about it, She-Hulk is a comedy character. You just need to do the CG for her. And if you did it like a Thanksgiving comedy special, and I hate to use this example because it's so fucking cringe. If you did it like Friends. Yeah, that could work. Because well, I'd could be up be, for that. It could be like the the in joke could be it's all the people that were had their shows canceled and they're all getting together for dinner. Yeah, there like, you like, go. Like like all all it has to be is her going, "Hey, I've got no date." Blah blah blah. Or, I got or, some friends friend. coming over. You know, I'm going to have all my clients over, and it could be like rando villains and rando good guys, and they're all sitting down to have have Thanksgiving dinner together. Yeah. See, so like, so Marvel, like the, listen. So like, so like the like sitting there, and it's like the abomination, and he's just got knives, and they're like, "What are you doing in my house?" He's like, "I'm carving the turkey," <laughs> <laughs> and he's and it's just like, "Just don't get him mad." <laughs> yeah. See, like this could easily work. So hopefully, we'll see some good stuff coming out of Disney in the next couple months. I'm sure we got a lot of good stuff to look forward to. Honestly, in terms of television, from Star Trek to The Last of Us to Marvel. We're eating pretty good right now. So oh, hell yeah. And so, that's not including all the DC stuff that might be interesting too. Yeah. Like I know the Gotham Knights premiered recently, I think. Um, I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to take a watch at it. Now that Doom Patrol is ending, that's my summer show that oh, I'm just you, gonna blitz through. I think I think you're gonna you're gonna be profoundly moved by how good that show is. Yeah, like I'm looking forward to doing that. I'm gonna do a at some point next year, my tour through the Guggenverse or whatever the fuck it is, the Arrowverse, I'm just going to do a whole whole spiel through it and to, see what happens. To be honest, there's certain ones I'd say, you, if I can make you a watch list, there's certain seasons that are good, uh, like Flash seasons one to four, Arrow seasons two and like four or six. It's one of those shows where you skip every other season. <laughs> uh, don't watch Supergirl because it'll melt your brain. I liked uh, that one. It's so bad. I, I, but watch, i'm a super person person don't so. watch black lightning because you'll fall asleep uh i, I hear it's largely inconsequential and that's a, and that sucks yeah that's it, why because it, 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 it doesn't affect much again good actors very bad production writing uh star girl looked cool uh that wasn't one of their shows they made that into the universe and it's not actually connected they just moved it there it was originally uh just like it, amazon or something uh no it was part of dc universe the same as doom patrol and right. uh what's it called uh swamp thing which was fantastic but like as far as ones to watch because i know your sense of humor and you like doctor who yeah legend legends as mars is fantastic just just watch all of that like I, I know i've sent it a few times to you the clip where they go to the museum of war and history or something mm-hmm. and they're going to fight they're fighting historical mass murderers that have been let out by magic literally Mm -hmm. magic brings all these like murderers like marie antoinette and all these people back to life and and and, like like genghis khan and everything and then there's a wax sculpture of 
Cisco from the Thong song. So they press a button, and then it turns out that it's really the real Cisco, and he sings the Thong song as they have a battle to it. And I'm I like, need to see this, and I'm like, well, I'll send that clip to you again because it's like that is representative of what that show is. And Doom Patrol is the silliness of that wrapped up in legit, really well written stuff about how to deal with psychological trauma. Wow. So yeah, like it's it's a golden age of TV that punctuated by yeah for like superhero stuff and punctuated by terrible sitcoms so anyway guys we're going to be talking about more stuff coming up in the next segment where we talk about the strange things that happened around the planet this past week one of them is a local story so we'll be talking about all that and more alex is again taking the reins this week to take a look at a review so it's either going to be me or him here so what's going to happen i don't know (laughs) yes we will be right back after these messages from us like we have a new game called Xantar. Mm. Xantar is a gelatinous cube that eats warriors in a medieval village. And every time it eats a chieftain, you ascend to a higher level. The beauty part is you can't get to the next level, so the kids keep coughing up quarters, you know? <laughs> <laughs> gelatinous cube eats village. I think it's terrific. Hey guys, this is your dungeon master, Mike the Birdman. I'm here to talk to you about something that our friends over at Hasbro sent over. I'm talking about the Dungeons & Dragons Golden Archive gelatinous cube figure. So... What this is, this is the classic D&D monster that I'm sure more than a few of you have used in your adventures. I know I myself tend to use them in pit traps because I'd like to see you climb out of a giant evil acid jello mold that can well eat you alive. Um, I think I've killed a few players like this. Not a total party wipe, but close. So anyway, what this thing is, this is uh, essentially a giant translucent blue cube that comes with 14 different accessories that that like you can snap on. There's like, um, there's like a bow. There's like a scroll, um, a spell book, a shield, a half dissolved leg, and well, it looks like a gelatinous cube. Uh, it's basically um, a thing that has an invisible stand in the middle of it. You assemble this thing, and it looks like your figure is floating in the middle of this giant gelatinous cube enemy uh, i know myself i was sent uh one of the DD cartoon classics figures hank and hank is currently suffering the worst fate imaginable being dissolved by acid um now this thing if you order it from hasbropulse.com currently it retails for 33 dollars 99 us in canada i was able to find it on gamestop.ca for 52.99 now having a gelatinous cube on one hand is incredibly cool because the only other time I've seen this was Funko did like a gelatinous cube a couple years ago and it looks cool but it's a Funko pop and I hate those things now is this thing cool yes and no and what I mean by that is yes it's a gelatinous cube it's one of the most iconic D&D monsters ever besides like a lich a red dragon uh, maybe a lizard person stuff like that it's iconic but what what this thing essentially is is it's a display stand for lack of a better description it looks cool at 33 dollars us if you're american that's actually not bad i'm gonna say that for 52 bucks canadian it's a bit of an ask i'm gonna say because for that type of money for 52 dollars um you can get 
some really good Transformers that I've reviewed on the show. I know I reviewed Transformers um, Legacy Inferno a while back. That'd be worth $52. But this is essentially a fancy display stand. Now, the fact that it can fit six-inch scale figures means you could put Marvel Legends in here. Let's say Spider-Man happens to find himself there. You could put Lord Draken from the Power Rangers in here. Maybe Peter Venkman got slimed, and this is the be-all and end-all of our favorite smart-ass scientist. Or maybe, because of you know advances in articulation, you could put one of the Transformer Red series in here. So maybe Megatron has an unfortunate encounter with a gelatinous cube. So... I'm going to say with this, it's also quite big too, so it takes up a lot of room on a shelf. I'm actually having trouble displaying it currently uh, right now. So it's going to boil down to what is this worth to you? If you want a really cool display stand, it is neat that it does have this really good transparent blue plastic. I might have preferred the green of the Funko or maybe a mix of the two colors or maybe... I, I, I don't know. Like I said, it's maybe there'll be an, an option at like San Diego Comic-Con. They'll offer maybe like the black pudding or like the other flavors of ooze. I know there's like a bone ooze or something like that. Like there are options here if they want to offer different colors of plastic for this particular thing. But at 33 bucks US, yeah, sure. It's not a bad display stand, especially if you're going to get the rest of the D&D figures. So if you want to kill Chris Pine, Captain Kirk himself, you can do that. But at 52 bucks Canadian, I'm going to say wait for this thing to drop in price or maybe ask for it from your dungeon master uh, as a gift. Or hey, you know what? Maybe as a dungeon master gift, this might be kind of cool. So, um I'm, I'm going to say with this one, your mileage is going to vary depending on the price point you can find this at. Or if you get this as a gift, it is pretty cool that way. Sounds lovely. Quite the opposite. I know I was being ironic. I find irony is a blade that cuts he who wields it most especially. You're not a lot of fun, are you? Go crazy? Don't mind if I do! Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria! Welcome back to This Week in Geek.net. I'm your host, Mike the Birdman. He's Alex, the producer. Well, it's time to talk about the strange and funny things that happened around this planet we happen to call home this week. And this is actually a local story. We're going to start things off from Alex's hometown. This uh, story comes courtesy of Kitchener.ctvnews.ca. Thieves steal $250,000 worth of toothpaste from a storage lot near Guelph, Ontario, which is where I live. Ontario Provincial Police are looking for a 50-foot... 53-foot trailer reportedly loaded with around $250,000 worth of toothpaste. Police said the freight, the freight theft was reported on Sunday, March 5th. According to police, the toothpaste was inside a white trailer that was stolen from a storage lot on Highway 7 in the township of Guelph, Aramosa. A white Volvo semi-truck was also taken. Police say the trailer also had an Ontario license plate, then it gives the plate number, and is labeled uh, 53101R decal. Obviously, if you have information on this crime, you are advised to call Crime Stoppers or the Ontario Provincial Police. Who in the fuck steals toothpaste? I think it's more about the truck. Probably. Although, but, it, but, but I, it's, it's easy to track them. But then again, think about it. Toothpaste is something, it's a commodity that you're not going to sell a ton of online. But if they like put it on like Facebook Marketplace and they sold it for like a dollar a tube, if they ended yeah. up with 100,000 tubes, for the next year, they could be selling $100,000 worth of stuff. 
I did have a thought about this. One is a joke. One is not. So I'll go with the joke first. You know, Alex, when you and I used to watch television way back in the day, and I think back to the 1990s, early 2000s, they'd always okay. have that commercial. Well, four out of five dentists recommend yada, yada, yada. We yep. know who the thief is. It's that one dentist who, don't, who doesn't recommend that one fucking <laughs> Well, I have a question. What toothpaste brand is it? Because $250,000 of Crest or Colgate means that it's about $250 to $3 a tube. If it's AIM, that's like 250,000 tubes. I'm about to <laughs> say, yeah. <laughs> or if it's like Which, that super expensive dental whitening shit. Yeah. What What if it's Sensodyne where it's like $5 a tube for extra sensitive ones? Yeah. So, I mean, some of the, if it's, if it's designer tubes and they want to sell them at a dollar a tube, it's $250,000 MSRP, but they might get a hundred grand or less and they offload it. Like, <laughs> so you're, can you imagine like you're going down the street and it's like, Oh, because you, you're only allowed to sell fireworks and, and firecrackers and that in Canada certain times of the year. Mm-hmm. But, and you go to like, a lot of times people will drive over to the res or they'll drive to like just some some like farm on the outskirts of town. And they'll be like, I have fireworks and corn and raspberries and, and toothpaste. toothpaste. <laughs> be like some, some fucking guy storing it in his barn. And he's like, he's like for every, uh, every husk of corn and firecracker, we'll give you a tube of toothpaste to be like, now we know where it is. <laughs> you know what? And I was also thinking about this. Let's say the thieves are trying to move this material because clearly how the hell are you going to move this stuff? So think about this. If you approach some of the discount retailers in the area, be it, and you couldn't do it with a large chain like Dollarama or Buck or, or, even, two. Dollar, or even Dollar Tree, you'd, you would have to go to mom a- and pop's individual like locally we have like bow d and a couple of the ones where it's a liquidator mm-hmm. you'd have to contact the liquidator and i guarantee you the police have already contacted them mm-hmm. they like they they the first places they're going to call are liquidation stores that are individually oh, yeah. owned because mm-hmm. that's somebody who'd be like hey uh my business is coming to like they just make up some bullshit be like my business is coming to a lot of ten thousand tubes will you give us a, a grand for them because then they'll sell them for twice that yeah, well, or maybe eBay, maybe Amazon, but then you're paying shipping things. It's going to sound bad, but where you're going to want to look to, way up north in the northern communities, where uh, the cost of toothpaste and other commodities is very expensive. We're like, yeah, here it could be two ninety nine a tube. It might be nine ninety nine way up north, and that's why because of how scarce it is to get things like through the ice roads and that. Mm-hmm. And right now is when the ice roads are melting, so you do your last run up there, right, where they're dropping stuff off. If they were to drive up there and offload it to a local like mom and pop grocery store in the middle of nowhere, not necessarily on a reserve, but even just in a northern community, they might go, we'll give it to you for half the price and they can, you know, sell it to the people there for half the price they usually would. You might not know about this. Like the police might not find out till the next year when the ice roads start up again. Yeah. Like, and if not that one other thing you could do, I mean, let's. I'm going to give these criminals the benefit of the doubt for right now. And I know that's probably not. A that good is thing. the weirdest thing I think you've ever heard you say. I'm going to give these criminals the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> you know where this toothpaste could end up and it could do some good. Britain. I know. <laughs> yeah. That's um, so mean. Where, which turns out it was the British that stole it. They're like toothpaste. <laughs> um, fix the fix their Austin powers teeth. <laughs> I volunteer at a local food bank for example yeah. and some of the supplies that we're that are, that are constantly in demand 
are things like dental, like kind of dental products, be it for, for kids, toothbrushes for or tooth. Yeah. yeah. So you think about this, if these thieves just wanted to unload all this stuff and keep the truck, which is probably what happened, you could throw a bunch of these at food banks, just unload pallets in the middle of the night, throw them out front of a local food bank or a donation place or wherever. And you could get rid of this stuff and keep the truck super fast. The, uh, well, the truck, the problem is the trailer and the truck is easily identifiable. Tracked. Yeah. Now the real question is, is this not a theft, but is this part of an insurance scam? Well, think about this, Alex. You and I have covered, like, we've been doing this nerd news stuff for a long time. And occasionally yeah. we cover these truck thefts. A lot, now, like, there was the one with the dildos. There was the one with the condoms. And then uh, there was chocolate. And then there was maple syrup. And I think there was meat. Yeah. Well, the maple stolen. syrup one was, I believe, uh, In they, Quebec. Were trying, they were moving that commodity because it was millions of dollars. They knew what the commodity was worth. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to some of these, the question arises, is it the company that owns the product within it trying to do a write-off? Or is it the company that does the that owns the truck trying to fix and cook their books because it's easy to report a truck stolen, get the money back, buy a new truck with that money, and when the new when the old truck gets found, they end up with a free truck. Yeah. I mean it's You know what I mean? Like like it's yeah. skeevy, but that stuff does happen because if they can't trace it back to the owner of the logistics company the owner of the logistics company can get a free 250 or 500 thousand dollar truck out of it yeah i mean you, it's you just can't do it more than once or you will or you will get audited you will be found out yeah like, it's a once in a lifetime thing for them but that once in a lifetime thing especially after the pandemic might mean the difference between their company staying afloat or not so that they're willing to take that kind of a risk so there's going to be like probably rcmp investigating because this is I would hope so. It's something that's probably going to be transported across the provincial line, and when that happens, that then the RCMP gets involved because it's considered trafficking of you know goods across provinces. Yeah. So, so I guess yeah. we'll just have to wait and see what happens. If there is a, any follow up to the story, we will definitely let you know. And then this last story, uh, Alex found, and this actually got me thinking about other things in the world. So this one comes courtesy of buzzfeednews.com. Chuck E. Cheese still uses floppy disks to make its rodent mascot dance, at least for now. Until 2019, believe it or not, the U.S. nuclear weapons program ran on 8-inch floppy disks. As of today, there are still quite a few technologies that rely on floppies. Boeing 747 jets, part of the San Francisco public transit system, and a slightly less concerning but no less amusing note, the performing animatronic creatures at Chuck E. Cheese restaurants. In a recent viral TikTok, a Chuck E. Cheese employee shows off the winter 2023 floppy disk sent from corporate headquarters. The TikToker demonstrates how he loads the 3.5-inch disk from a large computer server in order to relay the data to the latest song and dance routine for the robotic animals. This kind of retro tech has captivated the internet. In 2008, a collector programmed the erstwhile showbiz pizza chain's animatronic band The Rock rock a fire explosion to sing current songs like love in this club by usher the result is somewhat deep in the uncanny valley um today there's a robust adult fandom dedicated to chuck e cheese which has launched in 1977 purchased by the showbiz pizza company in 1985 the current corporate entity that owns chuck e cheese has been known since 2020 as cec inter or entertainment llc collectors build and restore their animatronics uh sets at home on ebay there's a lot of vintage chuck e cheese memorabilia both toys shirts as well as stuff that only an employee could have that 
could have obtained, including old costume, parts of the robots. One eBay seller, Kevin Pfeiffer, told BuzzFeed News his large collection is available for sale as a result of his longtime fandom. It was the main birthday event of, of choice for many years. Over 600 Chuck E. Cheese locations worldwide, fewer than 50 restaurants, still have the quarter-century-old Studio C layout of the animatronics that still uses uh, these floppy disks. Other restaurants that have a version of the show that uses contemporary tech, while some have no animatronics at all. Ars Technica actually has a story about the Chuck E. Cheese floppy disk uses, but with a, li- with, with a little bit more uh, kind of breakdown on it. And then the article just kind of goes on like this. Um... I've always been remarkably curious to go to a Chuck E. Cheese. And I think we had one here locally up until um, a couple of years ago. There was a new one that opened up in Cambridge like seven or eight years ago. And I think it closed during the pandemic. Oh. Uh, Chuck E. Cheese. I had a few tokens from there way back. Uh, I never actually went to one. The other chain was Wally World. And I don't mm-hmm. remember if that was an East Coast thing only. Uh, but we had one up here, too. Uh, then we had a local thing here called Kids World, which was just a like uh same idea but on a smaller scale just in, uh actually on victoria road between our two cities uh we took my brother there for his birthday a few times the same thing token redemption uh pizza and all just no mascot um now the the animatronics like if you're wondering the music is not on the floppy disk because the floppy could only hold like a midi files right mm-hmm. uh, what it is is they would be sent likely at this point digital music either on a CD or probably, you know, literally MP3s or something they're popping into uh, the sound system. But the actual animatronics routine, like it'll be like a binary routine coded in some program from 20 years ago that they're using an emulator for. So it's running on DOS or whatever, right? So they're literally pumping probably into a DOS box emulator and they're reading it off of a floppy because that's, you know, the program is less than a megabyte. So what's interesting is that this means that they're buying it's not new old stock there is one or two companies still making floppy disks for business use once that stops their business is screwed unless they convert uh the only other businesses i know of in canada that are using that still uh, other than some military things that you know have backups that way uh you know when you're driving on the highway the way stations for all of the trucks a lot of them are using like pentium one computers or 486s that just run the weighing stations for weighing truckloads and they'll have a brand new thin client or, or or laptop or whatever that connects to the internet to do all their day-to-day operations security and everything but the actual physical weighing of the trucks and everything is still almost all across canada and the states recorded onto floppy disks from like 486s and pentium ones so there's actually a few companies out there that their specialty is making new old computers that work with internal floppy disks uh, natively without having to configure anything. So, I mean, it's a thing. Who knows how much longer this can go on, but that's probably going to be it. Like, I I just found it funny when I saw that story. I'm like, Chuck E. Cheese runs on floppies. It's like, that's like some sort of hybrid horror story sort of thing. And there's a picture on that article from BuzzFeed that shows uh, a floppy disk with a sticker on it saying show number three 2021 summer of fun and it's so odd seeing that sticker on a floppy disk yeah i mean it's kind of cool to see this like kind of retro tech and obviously when people think of animatronics now they think of the five nights at freddy's or the willie's wonderland which was the nick cage movie from a couple of years ago 
Um, I always figured you could hack these things to use modern technology by putting different kind of dance routines or music into it. But well, not if the only input's a third, three and a half inch floppy. This is true. Although I think someone creatively could do something. If if they had yeah. the, the base program and knew what they were doing, they could probably do well, something really fun. There, there's uh, You can get them for like 20 bucks on Amazon and it, it fits in a three and a quarter or three and a half inch bay on your computer, but it's got a USB port in the front. And the idea is you stick a, a modern USB stick in anywhere from like four gigs or upwards and you press a button on it and it will automatically format the drive to have like 500 different floppy disks. And you press a button on the front of the, uh, the drive and it will cycle through mounting each of those fake floppy disks so that that way you can load like, hundred different programs onto a hundred different floppies, but within that USB stick and you just press a button on the front and it loads different floppies and that's, it'll still be the same speed as a floppy drive, but that's a way that some companies have gotten around. You know, they may still have to read from a floppy disk, but you're not stuck with magnetic hardware. Then you're, you can use non-volatile flash. Um, so there, you could use like a, you could stick like an SD card in sort of thing and it will emulate a flash or a, a, a floppy drive. So there are ways around it, but, a lot of these companies, they're hitting the point now where it's time that they have to change because not there's like one company making floppy drives. That's it in the entire world. And if that Chinese factory shuts down or let's say we sanction China and they can't ex- export to us, these businesses are screwed. You know, it is still a wish to go to a Chuck E. Cheese. And obviously it would look a little strange now. Um, you go there, you'd be, you'd be like, you'd be like Cartman when he goes to Casa Bonita and it's just like so happy to be there, but he's too old. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly the, the thing is, I mean, like it's a little different when older well, people go to Disneyland, which is kind yeah, of funny. Yeah. You look like a creep. I'm sorry. You just kind of do when you go by yourself. Um, let me, let me see. Use my location. I'm going to see where the closest, the closest one is there's one in Mississauga and I actually there's one in there's two there's two in Mississauga that's it for all of Ontario uh, we'll have to find a way to go I would say no I'd say instead uh, save your money and go to Dave and Buster's because they have those here now Dave and Buster's is just Chuck E. Cheese for adults I actually went the last time I went to a Dave and Buster's I was with my friend uh, Paige and uh, we had a fantastic time. We played, this is when it was new. We played Ter- Ter- Terminator Salvation and the Rambo game with those oh, giant yeah. light guns in and like, you had to like, slap in the clip. In like 09, 010, something oh, like that. Oh, yeah. That was a, such a fantastic well, day. They, they've also expanded because like the difference is instead of animatronic puppets and only kids games, you get... Uh, much better arcade games and a lot of times it has like a bellator or ufc kind of fight going on at david Buster's, so you can see more entertaining things for adults there was actually something that is happening uh in my in my local area actually one of our local bowling alleys is getting an arcade relaunch and i really want to go there because they have the halo arcade game fireteam oh. raven and I was really pleased when I went to go see Elvis last year, the local movie theater had the aliens arcade game with the really good light gun. So now I just need to go play the halo one 
So hopefully it's still there when this arcade relaunches this week. I'm almost tempted <laughs> to call and ask, like, hey, really curious, do you still have this? But See, yeah. We have a cool barcade that um, is free play. You play five bucks, you go in, you can play as many as you want. Some of them are old games, some of them are new games, some of them are in need of TLC. The only problem is, and it's not their fault, it is not wheelchair accessible. It's below a bunch of restaurants near the university, and you have to go down like 30 steps. And it's just because it, the building was built before, uh, you know, wheelchair accessibility was a requirement, and it's in like an old bar. So there's that. Then there's there are a couple other arcades. Apparently there's one that just opened up in downtown Kitchener that is on the ground level. So I have to check that one out. If it ends up being wheelchair accessible, you know who I'm giving a call to. You oh yeah for <laughs> sure it'll be fun so anyway guys that's pretty much going to do it for this edition of the weird news this week a little bit lighter we do have other commitments to do this week but uh we're going to close up the show with one of the one of the reviews from me or alex this week and uh then we'll kind of give you an idea of what's coming up for programming for the next little while including a special show we're going to record next week which will then be out probably about a week or two after that so we'll be back guys right after this only on thisweekingeek.net It's time for another review of a Legend of Heroes game. This is Trails to Azure, which is the sequel uh, to uh, the last Crossbell game that we covered earlier, which was Trails to... What was it? Trails from Zero. That's right. I, I get them a little confused because some of them sound very similar. But we very recently, uh, I guess a few months back actually, maybe just before Christmas... Maybe a month or two before, it's, or maybe it's already been six months. It's hard to tell anymore. We covered Trails from Zero. Uh, these were two of the titles that were not released in North America. They had had fan translations, if you were into that scene back in the day. Uh, and this was sort of a case where I believe that they licensed the fan translations and then had people uh, touch them up and make them you know, even more professional feeling and put them out. Uh, the only downside to this game is similar to the last one is they did not get any of the English voice actors who voiced characters in the last several games come on board to redub the, everything into English. So it is in Japanese. Luckily, there's a fast forward mode you can skip through because I find that there's a lot of dialogue here. Uh, the fun is mostly in the gameplay. The story is, you know, a lot of the stuff that's happening here, we sort of get summarized in the other Trails games that came after because... You know, these characters, this is what happened in between uh, Trails of Cold Steel uh, and Trails in the Sky. You know, somewhere it's wedged in between there. Some of it's happening parallel. Some of it's happening, uh, you know, slightly before or after other titles. But if you've played Trails of Cold Steel 3 and 4, all these characters get reintroduced into it and their stories have already been completed by that point. So we're now getting the, the missing stories, essentially. Uh, and then moving forward, uh, when we get, uh, like, so after Trails Azure, we're going to get uh, Trails, I forget what the next two are, but when we get them, they're going to be uh, the story that sort of combines everybody and finishes off the main storyline that we've been playing through the last, what is it, three, seven, nine games, I think. Maybe there's a tenth side story that we haven't had, but we're going to have everything summarized. So this is... The last one that we're catching up on before we're slowly closing the gap on what the Japanese releases are. If you've played, uh, if you played Trails uh, from Zero, 
it's more of the same, basically the same engine, slightly better graphics, uh, maybe slightly better audio, slightly refined, a little better battle system. It's everything that you know you might have liked from the previous game, but more, and also it shows you the transition even more so from this into uh, Trails of Cold Steel, where we went uh, with a much you know newer looking graphical engine. Still looks good, especially if you're playing this game. Um, you know, on a screen where you're far enough away where it it, it doesn't look, you know, too shocking or anything. Uh, I, I played it on PS4. Um, this is a title that, you know, was originally made for portable graphics, but it has had an HD upgrade, so it looks pretty darn good overall. Um, there's a better pacing overall in the story compared to the previous game. Uh, the storyline is still fantastic, you know, and obviously you get more out of it the more games you've played in the series. Uh, the combat was slightly improved. Uh, there's been some quality of life tweaks uh, as far as load times, obviously. Uh, the, the ability to fast forward through things, skip things. Uh, just it, overall, that helps speed up the, the the monotony that can happen when you're having to grind at, at certain points. Uh, there's some voice acting issues with even the Japanese voices where sometimes I found that like a, a it seems like somebody's talking that shouldn't be talking yet, but then they talk later on, but then no voice comes. So they might've had some pacing issues there. Um, music is really good, but there's not a ton in here, not as much as we're used to in other ones. And obviously this is, at this point, we're seeing the, the tail end of what these graphics with this engine could have done. So I'm happy that we're now caught up and the next game is actually gonna be using an even different engine because I believe it's the first one or first or second game design specifically for PS4 slash PS5 uh, combined graphics. So if you've been looking to finish off the Crossbell story, now is the time. It's reasonably priced. You get a good amount of, you know, solid RPG gameplay, decent story. Uh, biggest misses are not having an English dub in it, unfortunately. I wish they did, but, you know, you can't have everything. Uh, I know that the next games in the series probably will. So if you're somebody on the fence about this and you're like, hey, I wish it had English, the actual text dialogue is well translated, so you can read at your own leisure and speed through and not have to listen to people talking uh, if that maybe is annoying to you. I don't really have a problem with it. Uh, it just would have been nice, obviously, to have English. But solid RPG release. I'm glad that we're now sort of caught up. You know, uh, the West is caught up to maybe being only a game or two behind, which is a lot better than being several games behind like we were in the past. Uh, worth picking up if you've got it. You know, PlayStation's going to run it no problem. Uh, if you've got other platforms that you want to play it on, check it out. Uh, but the Crossbell, uh, the Crossbell duology is finally, finally out. Those magnificent bastards! Color me kooky, but something very odd is going on around here. You're not allowed to talk anymore. And that's the kind of show it has been here on thisweekingeek.net this past week. Again, thank you for joining us over the last 16 years. Or is it 17 now? Either way, it's about it's 16 ish. <laughs> it's old enough. To drive. Let's just say that. Um, we've had, a, obviously, a fantastic time putting together the show for you this week. Uh, as of this recording, it is March break here in Canada. So some of you will be traveling or if you're going to the U.S. or wherever you guys are out there, please be safe if you happen to be traveling with your families. If you happen to be in college, I think Reading Week has already gone by, which means if you're in the States, terms coming up. Yeah, Reading Week is the February, I think. In the States, though, I think spring break coincides with this. Either it's happening right now or it's happening next week for them. Yeah, so either way, guys, be safe out there. We do expect you to come back and listen to us 
and not while you're in the hospital, which is where I we, hope I don't we, end up after all this. We expect it's mandatory. You it's must mandatory listen. fun. You uh, you must you must listen or pay the piper. I don't know where I was going with this, but you must listen. Yes. Uh, so things that are going to be coming up. Uh, Alex has a bunch of shows in the editing queue right now that will be appearing. I know we've talked about a couple of these over the last few weeks, but it's just a matter of getting them up. They are recorded and done, so he'll get those up on the site really yes. soon. I, I shall be editing. My March break is going to be editing uh, about four or five shows that we previously recorded to get them in the queue, as well as uh, getting the next several weeks worth of Earth versus Super Parrot as well. Uh, in addition to that, uh, we will be recording a very special loose cannon with our friend Enrique Couto, uh, who is from the Freddy's Nightmare uh, podcast. We're going to be talking about Theodore Rex and the Prehysteria movie series. Uh, so we'll be talking with that. Really Aaron already made a comment. He goes, was this put in theaters? This seems weird. What is what's going on? I was like, are you talking about Prehysteria, aren't you? And, he's, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it went to theaters like in Canada, I think, in some limited countries, just not in the States. And the same yeah. thing goes for Theodore Rex. It, Theodore Rex was like a $40 million movie that got pulled from America and went to direct a video there. Yet in Canada, it had a wide release, and I, I saw it in theaters. I remember and, seeing the poster for it. Yeah, I saw it in theaters. It went wide release everywhere in the world except America. So Americans don't even really, half of them don't even know it exists. And the other half are like, oh, it was a direct-to-video movie. It's like, no, 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 no. That was theatrical. It's just bombed. <laughs> yeah, you just never saw it. Uh, so I, uh, I did. I saw it, and it is an experience. It's yeah. It's like what? It, you're, especially when you find it, it's like it was direct to video. It's like, well, no, it wasn't. You can tell it wasn't because it's too expensive looking. <laughs> so we'll be talking about that. It'll be me, Aaron, and Enrique. We'll we'll be talking about that next week at some point. Uh, also, we are going to be doing a prototype where I will be coming back, and we're going to be talking about The Last of Us as a whole, talking about the uh, nine episodes episode season which obviously we just talked about here on the show so i'm going to re-watch that probably this week or next week uh in sort of preparation for that also we're also going to be doing a star wars sort of report card talking about well how are things going under disney plus i mean we've had mando the book of boba fett we've got ahsoka the bad batch a lot of material star wars visions do we have to talk about boba fett other than the last two episodes there are some things to talk in there from canon, but I think there's some interesting... I'm not going to rewatch everything, but well, we're going to talk I, about it. I can, I can help you skip that because 90% of it is just the main character making ridiculously stupid faces and looking old. Uh, so thank you, Tamara Morrison. Uh, so we will I, be talking... I, I don't, don't want to be mean to him, but it's just like you're too... You, it's, like, it's not ageism to say you've aged out of the role, but he has. <laughs> the physicality just isn't there. Yes. He has the menacing nature when he's not moving. The second he moves, you're like, whoa, he looks so winded. <laughs> um, then I know me and JT were kind of talking about this in terms of Sunday funnies because I've been reading the Transformers IDW comics and sort of preparation for our show. We're going to be recording at some point this spring for uh, Transformers. And I, I'll give you a preview. I am really disappointed that I didn't read these comics back in 2005. Like there is some wonderful writing I, here. I read the first year or two and had the, the trades of them way back when I first got back into comics. And then I just dropped off. 
Yeah, I am just I just finished All Hail Megatron. I'm just back I'm into whatever series that is now and Optimus Prime has just run up uh basically the 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 Stunticons just became Menasaur for the first time and Rodimus Prime is leading his own faction of Autobots now and it's really interesting. Like there's a lot of interesting twists and turns in the in these books. I'm thinking Wow, how did I never read these? Because I read Infiltration for about the first four or five issues when it came out back in 2004, four or five, or maybe even six. And I hated the art. I hated well, the art was, style. Was that the, was that the old crappy Dreamwave stuff? No, no, no. I love the Dreamwave stuff because it was so vivid. And <laughs> it only had <laughs> it only had nine issues before that ended then there was the armada and energon stuff which i never followed um but they did do a really wonderful set of uh companion books where they gave each character one page with a nice piece of artwork and some background on them that's worth tracking down actually um i think i still have my original trades around here somewhere it's one of the few books actually who has transformers now because they lost the license didn't they i i don't know actually a hundred percent on that. I'd have to ask either my my old friend Ryan, who I've been texting about comics recently, because I know he's the big comic book reader of my friends, and he's a Transformers guy. So, oh Ryan, he'll yeah, let Ryan. you know real slow. <laughs> um. So yeah, no, I, 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 I love that guy. Just he, he's he's a character. Yeah, he really is. But it's been really and entertaining just kind of talking with him about like things like all hell kind of megatron and stuff like that so anyway i'll have some thoughts to share with that once me and jt kind of plan things out um i know me and ken and you maybe or if you wanted to show off we were talking about covering some of the bad video game adaptations since like i said we just had the last of us but not everything's that so we might take a look at some lesser known movies like say tekken or dead or alive we're not going to do the obvious Mortal Kombat Annihilation, but it's not to say we couldn't do the 2019 Mortal Kombat, which was better than what what you may think. So we may yeah, talk about those. That's pretty true, actually. So we have a I, lot of good stuff coming up. I'll tell you right now, I don't want to watch the Chun-Li movie. I watched it once. I think I might have it on Blu-ray, but I'm not sure. Um, I would watch it again. Um, you mean races of the movie where everybody's the wrong race? Yeah, we're yeah, it's a thing. But yeah, we will sure we will find a way to talk it's, about that. You know what? I get that movie confused with Dragon Ball Evolution. I think they're the same movie. <laughs> um, in Giku, which they call him at one point in that movie. So yeah, they we will have. The, wait, they call him Giku. That's what somebody tries to make fun of him. They call him Giku, and instead of Goku and Grandpa uh, Gohan, it's it it's a thing. It's a oh. thing. Okay. So anyway, we will find a way to talk about all this and more right here on thisweekingeek.net. So uh, we're going to sign off. So stay tuned. We'll have some more future imperfects coming up. I know we're going to be, we, we were talking about time travel movies at one point. We were kind of preparing those and we we're going to talk about some other new things because Star Trek um, Picard is about halfway done its season, I think now. We'll be halfway uh, by the time this week is over. Yep. So we will be catching up on that. Strange New Worlds. We got a 4K review which, coming up on that. Yes. Which, by the way, after this week, we'll be halfway through Picard. That's when we should record uh, another episode. We'll have an episode coming probably next week. That is uh, Aaron and I's impressions from the first episode. 
And then we wanted to wait till you had caught up so that we could watch the first half and do a first half of the season review. And then okay. we'll, we'll do, once the final episode is aired, we'll do a, a final one. So basically, three episodes covering the series versus the episode by episodes that we've done in the past, because that burnt us out pretty darn quick. <laughs> yeah, so we will be doing that. I just have two episodes to catch up, and then this week. Uh, so that's like an evening for me. Lucky so I'm looking you, forward because to they're, they are legitimately the best two episodes of Picard and maybe of Trek in the last 20 years. I'm looking forward to it. So anyway, guys, we are going to get out of here. So once again, if it is March break for you, please be safe. Do everything you can to maintain that safety. We're still not out of COVID, so just be careful. But ultimately, have fun out there. Do something fun with your with your spring break. Go out there. Make some memories. So until next time, we have been Alex, the producer. I've been Mike, the Birdman, saying be excellent to each other. We'll talk to you guys again next time right here on thisweekingeek.net. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Thanks for listening to this episode of This Week in Geek. Hungry for more? Check out our website at thisweekingeek.net. You can subscribe to the podcast, browse our Twitter and Instagram, and leave your thoughts on today's topics. If you'd like to give us some feedback, send us an email at feedback at thisweekingeek.net. Tune in next time, and remember, lower your shields and surrender your listenership. We would be honored if you would join us. Thank you for your cooperation. Good night.